Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Transformers, defenders of truth, robots who Shout out to shout outs. Christian and I were just talking about that we watched the Marvel Legends uh, Hasbro Pulse event today, and it is not just the Transformer team that is shouting out to everything. Like, seriously, if you did a shot every time they said shout out on one of these, like, you would be severely inebriated fairly early in the morning. So, like, I'm just picturing these dudes just all walking through the Hasbro offices, just like, shout out, shout out. There was an excessive amount of shout-outs on that live stream today. It was at least a dozen. Uh, Which is good. I mean, they're, they're, they're giving shout-outs where shout-outs are due, but my goodness. I mean, I think just open a thesaurus at that point. I agree. <laughs> shout-out to the sources. Hmm? I, I'm sure that they'd be more than happy to take your feedback, Phil. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Alternatively, we could use our other group name and say, the sources in this economy... Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. There, there you go. We only uh, have two sayings at TFYLP cast, so that, that's what you get. I'm sure we have something else as, as well. I'm sure the, no, it's uh, just the, the two viewers can... Yeah, we can't say them in front of Paul, though. Oh, okay. There you So tonight's right, so topic. What is our main topic? Um, okay, so I guess uh, in the past we have had a show uh, when when Duran was the uh, host about you know what should they do once um, you know G one fans have aged out of, of Transformers or you know whatever just mo- moved on to other things and, and whatnot. And um, <laughs> so I figured I was like you know I'm gonna put a little different spin on it. And my question is, is not necessarily like what to do when they, you know, move on, whatever, is should we move on from G1? Should we, you know, should this just be a rehash, you know, down the road, slightly slight differences? Or, you know, should we completely just flip the script and do something completely different with, uh, with Transformers? So that's kind of the topic idea for uh for the show tonight so so yeah paul i know that you had some Mm. uh, some thoughts on this hmm well you framed it in such a way that i don't i can't really find a way to be an old man curmudgeon the way i was expecting to but um Mm. you know to 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 honestly answer your question should we move on from g1 I mean, I would entertain it. Like, I would like that. I, I think there's some... I think they should take some risks, but as we have, like, kind of come to the conclusion time and time again over the years that I've been on this show, it's that 
whatever they're doing is working right now and it's not they're not going to really rock the boat until until things are not working that's when you shift people around and you say like try something new and um you know they they've it's taken Hasbro many years to figure out what all the fans knew is like, what is good about transformers? You know, it, it, there was some rocky moments in the two thousands during the revival, but they've like really hit on it now, you know, like this, this stuff's amazing. Like, you know, like the toys we're getting right now are, are crazy. Awesome. These are some of the best we've ever gotten. Um, so I would say, I would like to see them go somewhere else. And when I say that, I don't think we've ever actually deviated from G1 because G1 is Transformers. The concepts and stuff laid out that it's people call it G1. What they're really saying is they don't like a certain aesthetic choice, but like G1 is Transformers. Optimus Prime exists because of Transformers or because of G1. That is all these, all these characters and concepts originated from the beginning and they have not, gone somewhere else sure they've made a few new characters over the years and that and that's great and they should keep doing that but ultimately they get assimilated into the main transformers thing and don't tell me beast wars is not g1 it literally is g1 it is the continuation of the story it is the same thing just it's in the future but it's the same exact story and like the unicron trilogy it's just g1 in a in, in a popcorn barrel they shook it up a little bit and like gave it back to you and that's how it's been ever since. It's never really so, deviated. I, I would argue a little bit that the younger kids shows are kind of not really G1. So, you know, Rescue Bots, and, and I realize they tied Optimus Prime back to it. Um, you know, it's, aligned, it's the Aligned trilogy or the Aligned universe, which is, again, just another G1 retelling. I mean, I don't it know. Is. I don't it's know that not. it really was, though. Rescue Bots, yeah, like, never where did really they... Was. The first <laughs> episode has Optimus Prime. No, He's I... Colored, right. And it was supposed to be I, I, Prime Optimus Prime. I Supposed I to be, yes. But, like, I mean, a lot of the themes and all that of, of Rescue Bots was not necessarily, you know, I mean, whatever. It was Transforming Robots. There was Optimus Prime. I'll give you that, but... It wasn't the same story that we were, say, like, rehashed, like, all the other ones. And then the other one, we have no idea, but there's a new show coming on Netflix here pretty soon that may potentially not have uh, Transformers Optimus Prime in that. What show is that, Christian? It should not. BotBots. Yeah. Optimus Prime should not appear at all because he does not exist in BotBots world. That's it's actually good for him. BotBots is like the biggest deviational character in BotBots world. That's what that's what Transformers seems to be for BotBots. It seems to be like some of the BotBots have Transformers licensing on them, but they're not. You, you see what I mean? It's fictional to them, like it's fictional to us. So, like Rescue Bots, Christian is the one that I was thinking of with this question, and and I get, you know, like, like Paul was saying, like Zaldron saying, it is part of this aligned continuity you you had crossovers between um the second and you know robots in the skies cartoon and and rescue bots but it was it, it was not autobots versus decepticons it was not good guy 
transforming robots versus bad guy transforming robots. Um, you know, the, the four main characters of rescue bots that were transformers were not, you know, they, they, you know, blades was a name that had been used before, but these were not characters or personalities we had seen before. And they weren't doing the normal story things that we had seen from transformers. So again, it's taking the idea of a vehicle that turns into a robot that has a personality you know, there's there's definitely an element of robots in the skies with with rescue bots that they were trying to stay hidden. But beyond that, I mean, yeah, you had Optimus Prime pop in, you know, every couple episodes, but he wasn't like, we got to go fight Megatron. It was like, yeah, we're, we're going to save this island town and, and, you know, over and over again. And so it was it was, you know, story of the week, you know, kind of thing with that show. And it was fun. I liked it. I, I was bummed when it ended and, and Rescue Bots Academy um kind of continued on the same thing you know you had a few more touchstones to g1 and there we had grimlock as a teacher and ratchet popped up but again this was not a um you know galactic civil war that had been taking place for eons that you were thrown in the midst of so morbot is not a decepticon just question no, Morbot is not a Decepticon. It's it's not a um, it's just a robot that transforms. It is not a uh, it, it is created on Earth by a time traveling scientist and has no personality. So I'm glad you brought those two options up because if I had to choose some that were like as far away from G1 as possible, I kind of forgot about Botbots. But that is like actually the furthest, the most deviating from what we know as like the transformers master brand as anything and probably rescue bots. Although that's, I just, you know, it literally is in that aligned continuity. So, you know, Oh yeah. And you, again, you have Optimus prime, you have Peter Cullen voice Optimus prime in it. This is not like, you know, you know, some other voice actor, this is legit G one Optimus prime showing up, but it's, it's the least feeling of a G one cartoon. Yeah, and from a marketing perspective, it came out when Prime came out, and it was meant to work in parallel with, you know, it was like, this was the kid brand, Prime's ways up, and then there's the movies. You know, that yeah. was kind of how it was supposed to be. But, I mean, I would argue they probably didn't tie it enough to the other subsequent cartoons. Because, you know, like at the beginning, you, you mentioned that Prime was, was going when Rescue Bot started, and then I think it was what R.I.D. Uh, Robots in Disguise, 20, the 2015 or whatever, um, that, that that was kind of at the end. But like it was very loosely connected. So I feel like it wasn't as sticky for some of those kids that when they're done watching Rescue Bots, they didn't necessarily go, oh, I need to make sure and, you know, go watch this yeah. next show because that's what the, you know, the big kids watch and, and whatever kind of kind of deal so um yeah but i mean it was an absolutely fantastic show and i think that you know i know anna a lot of times would bring up that you know she's kind of sick of the warring storylines and all that and i mean this absolutely was like they told really good stories and i mean i would say it was engage it was engaging enough for me to watch you know with my kids uh when they were younger so i you know i, I definitely think it's good and i think isn't um, the new show coming out, I think, was uh, done by some of the producers of Rescue Bots? Is that right? The Earth yeah, Spark? some of the team who had worked on that are, are working on EarthSpark. And, you know, I, I think if you look at the quality of Rescue Bots, like, 
you had top tier voice actors in that show. Um, you had high quality animation, um, like all around. That was that was a well done show. And I think there were some stickiness, but but it's it's sort of one of those things where you, you couldn't do full on crossovers between Prime and or Robots in the Skies and and Rescue Bots because you can't you can't go have little kids go watch the bigger kids show. That wouldn't necessarily work. But you did have, you know, you had. Sideswipe from R.A.D. came in in an episode of, of Rescue Bots. And then Blur from Rescue Bots made the jump to R.I.D. So, you know, there was, you know, swapping back and forth of, of those characters. Um, but again, the storylines were, were very, very far apart. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's thematically the most different from anything G1 that we've had. But I mean... My question, too, is is that, you know, we brought up Beast Wars and, you know, the Transformers movie as well. And I, I think really, you know, that's kind of a debate amongst fans, I'm sure, that, you know, are these continuities really overlapping? Are the themes, like, you know, o- overlapping with, with some of the stuff? I, I don't know. And, and, you know, are, you know, all of us, we've you know, been annoyed that they have the Bayverse and some of the stuff that he's done. And we think that they should go back to G1. Right. But, you know, for the movie fans and some of the people only like the movies is, is that necessarily a a bad thing? Would they, you know, if they don't tie it in with the Bayverse and make it more G1ified, is that necessarily going to be a bad thing at the box office potentially? For like the average casual, you know, moviegoer that says, "Oh, I like Transformers," but what they mean is, is they like the Bay movies. I think what you're going to have is, and I think what a lot of Transformers fans have been hoping. G G one Transformers fans have been hoping that we get a reset on the Transformers movies. That the, the Bay aesthetic, some people liked, some people didn't like. To me, the storytelling of a Michael Bay movie is what I dislike the most. Um, you know, the, the the aesthetic wasn't something I was entirely enamored with, but I, I like some of the designs. You know, some I thought were like, you know, but but others, you know, did pretty well. And especially once you started getting the Studio Series toys, and you started to see like, all right, these are your here's really good toys of what those designs are. I you know you appreciate it a little bit more. But, you know, what, what I keep thinking back to with this question is, um, you know, look at Batman, look at Superman, look at Spider-Man, look at how long those characters have existed and then how many iterations they have existed. And, and yes, you've gotten moments where Batman gets replaced and Superman gets replaced and there's new Spider-Man and that, that join the fray and all of that. And, and those are fun. Those add to it. But it, it always comes back to the core of Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Bruce Wayne, Batman, Clark Kent, Superman, you know, and and so those are the stories that keep getting retold over and over again. So Transformers is likely to be one of those brands. Yeah, I think you're right. 100%. Go ahead. That is funny with uh, Batman where they're like, Oh, we're really going to dive into his origin story and I was like, yes, why we, <laughs> none of us have ever, uh, you know, uh, you know, viewed Batman's origin story or read about it in the comics. Like, 
you know, I, I don't know. It's always frustrating to me on, on a lot of those, you know, big name properties like that. It's like, I please, can we just get past whatever the, the origin and, and your parents dying and all that kind of thing? Because it's just, I don't know, it's for the thousands. Spoilers, time. man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, Phil, because I think that was definitely like where the conversation needs to go. But it's like, what elements are the you? What are the core elements that make something a transformer story? And what I'm saying is all those are G1 elements because that's where they yeah. came from. So it's like, I don't care what you say. Like Armada was a retelling of G1. Everything with Optimus versus Megatron and the Autobots and Decepticons is always a retelling of G1. And even like even like Car Robots and, and R.I.D. is the same thing, even though that got kind of weird because it had like Destrongers and... Like, you know, they started flipping the script on some things like Optimus and, and Ultra Magnus were now brothers. And it's like, whoa, that's new. Anytime they anytime one of these stories shifts some of that, those core dynamics you're used to, that's what's interesting. But they never go like whole hog with it. It's always like a few a few little things are different. Like animated is a great example where Prowl's now a motorcycle and, you know, Megatron was not even in the sh in the show for so long and magnus is is a higher vi is you know optimus isn't the leader he's like a young yeah. kind of like scrappy dude and that was so cool but cool. it's still a regurgitation of g1 it's just would, flipping the script a bit, which is great it's changing the window dress splitting hairs and be using semantics here but i want to call that like an echo as opposed to a regurgitation or a retelling because it's not the same story sure. But no. you, you see those elements continue across all these places. And I think that's what you're saying. It's not the same story, but like they all like start from the same place in general. There's a planet called Cybertron and they somehow get to Earth. You know, like they weren't create. That's what's interesting, at least about Earthspark that I'll give it that Phil pointed out is like this is a story of Transformers born on Earth. They all still came from Cybertron or Cybertron originally and like got here somehow. And there was all this history I'm sure they'll delve into in the story. But it's like, oh, like what is that's kind of a new thing to talk about. We haven't really. It's always been sort of a, a hand wavy thing, you know, like, oh, the aerial. But we built these guys in a cave, you know, like no one cares. But like, hey, that might have like some real repercussions for a Cybertronian if they aren't really a Cybertronian. They're an Earthian. So that's kind of cool. The only time that's been really addressed was in the BotCon 2010 G2 comic. Because the G2 dudes did have citizenship wherever they were. That's how Pyro got to become Sir Pyro. He was knighted. Because he was constructed in the UK. I don't know, man. Hmm. I don't I don't write the stories. I just report them, okay? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I guess don't like the stories or read those stories for that matter. <laughs> Like here, here's a great example, like of of a very of a non G one story. Which so Diaclone or Microman or whatever that has nothing. That is a retelling of another universe, completely separate. The names are even different, but the look on the robots are the same. Like there is a non G one story, and it's pre, it predates G one, and most people don't like it. Because it's not Autobots, it's not Decepticons. The robots aren't even sentient. They're piloted by the Microman dudes. But that is literally what 
a new story, a fully new story would feel and be be like. So if you don't like that and you like Transformers to have enough of the stuff in it that you care about, then you like G1 no matter when you were born. Sorry. That's the way it is. You like Soundwave to be blue? Cool. You like G1 in some shape or form. And I just don't think those things are going to go away because they've tried to do things in the past, like the G2 era, you know, like, 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 uh, what is it called? The KB toy line, Machine Wars, you know, where like they just threw the names on random people. Like that kind of makes people feel weird when like Megatron's a teal jet versus a silver gun or a silver tank, even, you know, like there's, it's too far removed from what people expect from Megatron. You need to have touchstones that come back to what people know. And again, that's what I, I talk about Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, because all those characters have touchstones that, you know, how many different Batman TV shows and movies have they done? I mean, I'm not talking about individual movies, but, but you know, the Tim Burton, you know, movies, then, then the, um, you know, we, we've got a new Batman movie that's about to come out and, Christopher Nolan movies, you know, and then the, the Adam West TV show and, and the show Gotham, like all of these, you know, shows, all of these movies are, are telling a variation of the same story, but the story is about a kid whose parents are killed and he decides to go and, and become a crime fighter and, and fight this menagerie of, of, of bad dudes. And, and, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, you're, you're always going to get that. I think the, 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 the worst comment i ever heard about a batman franchise came from the director joel schumacher who directed the the second two batman movies after tim burton uh batman forever and batman and robin and he just said in, in an interview like you know i think at this point batman just needs to move on like his parents died and he just he just needs to move on and needs to move past that and that's the story that we're telling it's like no, he can't move on. He can't move past it. That's the point. That's why he dresses up in a leather suit and beats the snot out of dudes every yeah. night because he you can't say, get past it. You're talking about a Batman that just goes to bed at night. Right, exactly. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm rich. I'm <laughs> yeah. Ladies who like me and I'm handsome. Like, this is cool. Like, look at this car I just made. Like, what if I make 10,000 of those and put a $100,000 price tag on it? I'd be even richer. Yeah, I mean, the this, this story is like, what could mess up a dude that's got everything going for him so bad that he would ignore the fact that he's the richest dude in the world and go bust up people every night? <laughs> yeah, I don't see Elon Musk like like going out there and just like, I'm, I'm going to put a big symbol on my Tesla. And well, you know, I, we I, don't I wouldn't know put that a pastor. for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, again, there are there – are, there are foundational story points to what makes Transformers, and that came from G1. And there are few examples that we have where it hasn't touched upon that. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how far they get away from that. But, but in the majority of Transformers media, it has had that foundation at its core. Well, I, I feel like, too, it's like, all right. I'm running this billion-dollar uh, franchise here. I'm going to go ahead and throw it all out the window and completely, like, reinvent a brand-new story. You know, it can work on a small scale, like the BotBots, like how we mentioned, um, and, uh, you know, RescueBots, whatever. But 
at the end of the day, you know, we want the elements. Like, you know, if you're watching a Transformers show, you're expecting certain things. I think if the movies had failed in 2007, we'd be having a different conversation. But they didn't. They made a whole ton of money. But just like the shift from G1 and G2 to Beast Wars, they're in the same continuity. They do have some echoes, but it's a whole new cast of characters. It's a whole different design aesthetic. They were trying something brand new that they hadn't done before. I mean, they had stuff that could turn into animals, but it wasn't organic kind of animals. Anyway, big tonal shift. They even shifted it over to the Kenner divisions instead of the Hasbro divisions just to try and get some new blood, something new working. And they did. It worked. And they kind of brought it back you know, to well, G1 type things later with Armada. The question I'd like to pose is like, what are those touchstones? What are the what is the core of Transformers? And something that I've always said is the it's it's the characters, you know, like yeah. the the voices, the look, the, it's the whole package of the of like you could have just had cool transforming robots that were piloted by other people, but that there, there's Diaclone, but the, the, then the characters would be the pilots, you know. But it's it's interesting because these robots are so animated and fussy and you know they have they have they have attitudes you know like to me that's that's what's so great is like those those characters and those voice actors and the look was what really sealed the deal for me and the, i guess it comes from the bios written by budiansky perhaps you know that's maybe the the, well, the starting point it's why we have you know so much love for transformers and less love for gobots these days yeah. two franchises same time doing the same thing but the writing on Transformers, I think, was better. And the animation on GoBots animation was, was god awful. Well, so what are the what are the touchstones then? I mean, I think one of the big things uh, is the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. And uh, you know, Aaron in the chat was saying, you know, what if we end the war? And I know that was a big thing that they touched on in the IDW comics uh, in in Phase Two. And would that work as as a show or as a movie uh, to do that? The only thing I, that worked for me, I mean, the only thing that really worked for me, the, the Robots in Disguise book was pretty good, but more than meets the eye, we always talk about it. That's post-war. That's mostly them having Star Trek-like adventures on a ship going out and discovering new things. That works for me, but even then, there's still some conflict between Autobots and Decepticons. Well, the, the war lot. still had to happen for that story to work, though. Like, Correct. It's right. it's it's in the shadow of the of the war. Like, yeah. what if the war? Is there a another the type of conflict? Yeah, is there another type of conflict, like ep effervescent conflict for a for a whole fr story that could exist that isn't related to the to two fact warring factions? If Catherine's around, she'll probably tell you that IDW two is like a classism thing. Well, I mean, IDW kind of touched on some of that too, uh, as well. Like IDW one, yeah. Universe and all that. Ultimately, those those kind of conflicts lead to war. They do. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, I mean could you Robert the office with Transformers? Well, then what what? What does it change? It's, it's just the office. Now they're robots. That's, well, that's, that's maybe that's the BotBots show. Is <laughs> the office? Maybe that Their totally could work. Your staple, yeah. you know, the staple and staple remover are having a a 
you know, a, a passionate love story, but their their love must be kept secret at all times because who would ever think a staple or a staple remover could ever be together? Okay. Actually, can I can I talk about the story of BotBots? We don't know really the story of the show yet. but they I mean, I'm pretty sure we can gather it from that one image. Yes, from the one image, you, you can tell everything. But they've, they've released an easy-to-read, you know, kids' book, like, you know, kids' first longer book thing. It's not a picture book. It's an intermediate reader kind of thing. Anyway, that conflict is like a personal conflict about finding belonging. So it's about the lost bots learning that they're not missing their tribes, but they've been, they formed their own family together. That's a different kind of conflict than the war conflict. That's the kind of story that BotBots has been telling so far. Well, I also think it'd be interesting to, you know, kind of expand the, uh, the universe in general, kind of touch on some of those themes, because, you know, now with, with CGI, you know, you can do that. Whereas, you know, before it just wasn't necessarily practical, but I think that, you know, some of the, uh, the various like world building and, and whatever, and the fact that like you've got Cybertron, but you have other planets as well, uh, you know, bringing that into a <clears throat> either a 3D movie or a live action movie, I think would be uh, somewhat interesting too. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a ton you can do to expand. I mean, again, let's let's look at what we're what we've seen from other. You know, in, in Batman and Superman's cases, you know, 80 year close to 80 year franchises. Um, you know, Spider-Man is turning 60 this year uh, as a franchise. And so you've seen those franchises expand. And, and I think when you look at what Spider-Man started off as, you know, as, as being the comic book and being, you know, the singular focus of the comic book for, for decades. And then, you know, in the, the nineties, you had some expansions of that. And then that really came into fruition in the 2000s of this idea that we need to, you know, in the 90s and 2000s, the comic book, you know, world went through this whole big, like, we got to replace these characters. We've got to replace Clark Kent Superman with, with someone new. We've got to replace Bruce Wayne Batman with someone new. You know, DC was doing that every five minutes, it seemed like. And then almost always what you had was the original character came back. And, and Marvel did it a lot in the 2000s where, where you had the ultimate, you know, universe that was started. And you had ultimate Spider-Man die. And that's where we got Miles Morales from. And then look what you have is, is then you have movies like Into the Spider-Verse where it's like, all right, not only do you have the main version of Spider-Man that's carrying his own movie, but now you have Miles Morales Spider-Man being the main character of a gigantically successful movie. Um, and, and then a movie that had not just the Miles Morales version, but like other versions of Spider-Man, freaking Spider-Gwen, you know, which was, you know, you know, a cool character. But it was, it was more of just like, hey, this is a fun name um, and a cool costume. And that became a character. Um, and, and, and I think that's what that's what Transformers has kind of had to do, because the, the difference with, say, Transformers and Star Wars and, and even to an extent, Transformers and, and Batman and Spider-Man is in the comics, you have the same universe that's running all the time in the Marvel and DC universe. 
in Star Wars, you have one singular universe that's running all the time. All the stories, whether it's in the Mandalorian or or in the the now the current Marvel comics or in the movies, those are all in the same universe that that has been basically been being told since you know the late seventies. Um, but Transformers is different. That Transformers has a ton of different universes, and you get two or three years of one universe, and then they stop that and give you two or three years of a another universe and and i think at this point the bay universe is the longest lasting of all those universes you know the least amount of screen time for the story when you add up all the movies but you know when you say starting you know with the first movie till today that's the longest running of all the transformers universes from sheer number of years well but then you have to fight over if if they're all related canon wise or not so but let's just agree with you because i i want to even if you say from the first Transformers movie to the last night, that is the that that ran far longer than the G one media did. It ran the G one toy line lasted maybe about the same time, but the G one media only lasted a couple of years, three or four years. God, that sucks. But you're right. Mm. And so why why is it why is the Transformers storytelling universe so fragmented? Because it's Toy, toy first, fi- yeah. it's fiction second, <laughs> toy line first, product led, fiction second, where everything else is a f- star, everything else you mentioned is fiction first, product second. And that's yeah. what makes, you know, for better, for worse, that's what makes Transformers unique, baby. Like there's just nothing else, there's nothing else like it. It's very frustrating. That That would be an interesting question. If transformers as a toy line fades away could it exist still as a fiction could it exist purely as a fiction like you know you know granted, i don't think yes, so spider-man sells toys and that, that, yeah i mean that that briefly i, I think briefly yeah i think i think people would be fall like they they work still they have not harnessed the power of the fiction fiction and the toy line like how they kind of synergize together it's so it's so difficult like we always talk about this how the it's so much it's so much easier to write the fiction and and get like produce that as a piece as a unit of like as a widget compared to the actual widgets you know you can draw this hot rod and put him in a story or a cartoon way faster than you than you can put him into this form so typically it's really hard to sync those up where like the story that introduces this hot rod hits the shelf of the comic store. When this hits the shelf at target, that's just a bummer. That's just the way it works. If you look at our contemporaries, like, you know, like GI Joe, that basically doesn't exist now. It had a movie last year. No one saw it. There's no toys. Who cares? Uh, Also GoBots was gone forever. It had a comic at IDW because they were like, hey, we did Transformers. Maybe we can make this other robot thing happen. And it didn't. It was gone quickly and hasn't come back. I, I just think we could we could limp along like G.I. Joe has limped along. That could probably happen. But long term, without toys now, probably not. I don't know. I, I would be interested to see that because my guess is that the majority of the people who saw the Bay movies didn't go out and buy the toys. A lot of them did, but but there's a lot of people who also didn't go and buy the toys. And have we, have we crossed that threshold now? 
I think we crossed I, I think that the, threshold for age of extinction. I think there's plenty of examples of, of when these things don't work together, everything falls apart, which is like, just look at, look at Rebirth from G1. You know, at least there were three episodes where they showed those headmasters and all the, all the new toys that were coming out, Scorponok, Fort Max, and like, then nothing. And when I find when I found out there were Japanese episodes of that stuff, I like almost cried. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I think Peter Peter would say something like, "All my friends were were having adventures without me all this time. I didn't know that was kind of how it felt, you know. Like all these pretenders were actual things. Like they were. It's like I had the toys, but they didn't really matter or exist because there was no story." for me to enjoy them with. Sure, there was a comics, but I didn't read that shit. I, like, I wanted, I didn't want to think, I just wanted to put my face up to the TV and watch them dance and run around and shoot lasers. And I could have done that if I lived in Japan. And that's when the toy line kind of fell apart, except for those cool animations in the commercials <laughs> to try to sell you. That's that's all you got, was those like five seconds of animation in front of the toys. Animations. They were awesome. It's like, if you had that as a whole show, oh my god, I, I would have... Watched it a million times. But but that was 35 years ago. And that's when this was purely a kid's thing. You didn't have multi-generations who were into this. And now you have that. And, and now I would say if, if Transformers as a toy line stopped, but you still had comic books, movies, and video games, and TV shows, I think it could still exist. Maybe not as popular as it is today, but I mean, that's, that's one of the things we were talking about last week with the partnership with Paramount. Maybe we're going to get more of that. I mean, I definitely think the movies could exist on their own. Um, like you said, Phil, I, I don't necessarily know that they have to have, you know, a toy line. But, of course, in general, a lot of these movies, you know, a lot of any movie has a toy line just because that's a way, you know, products are a way to help support and, and fund the movie and, and all that, so... I think to do that, you'd have to get Hasbro to let go of Transformers and sell it to something else, sell a, a creative entity or spin off another company that just handles creative things, which they kind of have with AllSpark Studios, but not really. They license it out. For Paramount, they license it out to IDW, whoever, to make their creative stuff. Wow, you know, that that is an interesting idea because, like, like, I look at what Ghostbusters is doing now because they have this thing called it's Ghost World. Have you heard of this? It was like, it's yeah. like what? It's basically like Columbia Pictures basically branched off the franchise of Ghostbusters into its own company that handles everything involved with it, you know, outside of the movies and all this stuff. And I, I, I think that's just such a novel concept to do. Like instead of like, oh, this company owns this brand, it's like, why don't, why don't the, how about the brand owns itself in a way? Like Hasbro obviously still has like the majority share in the company or whatever, but like it 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 gives them a little bit would give it would give whoever was involved a lot more autonomy to do things without being like oppressed by the corporate mandates of of, of the rest of the organization that can can definitely impede progress, as I've learned. Um I just think that'd be really cool, Christian. That's a good concept. Hasbro's a toy company. They're not a creative company. Their their primary objective is to make toys. So that's that's well, what they're going to do, and that's fine. That's what they're there for. In in a general sense, I'd say you must be somewhat creative to be 
selling sure. toys. But but like no, no, no. you're you're talking about like legally distinct me, me, the phrase creative company. Yeah. yeah. Like a creative company is like a design company. Like we make we brainstorm all day. You know, like that. Yes, that's yeah. That's yeah. what I meant. Thank you. So yeah, I think spinning it off to something like Ghost World would be a way to keep it going if the toys ever stopped being profitable for them. Because it's a it's a good strong brand. We've seen that. It's been forty years of consistent there's always been Transformers. So realistically, there's probably always going to be Transformers. Just like there's always going to be Superman or Batman or Spider Man, like Phil said. It's a long lasting brand. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a few questions because we never really got to my like what are the core points of Transformers. So can a Transformers story not have Cybertron? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are there any examples of that currently? Bob Bots. But they well, just use Bob Bots as every example. We don't, we don't we don't know that yet. I would say. But and Christian, the way you describe it is that they came that they are lost tribe, so that something that they you know got lost from Cybertron. So it sounds like the Cybertron is somehow and they got hard. lost in the mall. But where did they come from? The mall. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know crap about Popeye. Okay, it's okay. A, they, they're Never mutated mind. by Allspark Storm. That's that's the story so far. Okay, they're mutated by a storm of Allspark energy that hit them all one night. That's a well, new commercial. That's all. Okay, so that Allspark probably came from fucking Cybertron. I'm just just but throwing a bone doesn't exist in the world, so we don't really, we don't really know. And then we may never know. It may not be a thing. It may just be they boom. They're here. Okay, I will. I will. Okay. If I can ask us to just pause on using bot bots as an example because a <laughs> the cartoon hasn't come out yet but it has fiction <laughs> it's a very limited release of the fiction it has three commercials a short comic that i haven't read a commercials book, don't count a as fiction <laughs> it gives you the introduction of what bot bots are that's fiction <laughs> Watch the thing. Okay, okay. I mean, the, the, it's animated the Rom the Space awesome. Knight had some more fiction than than uh, than the Bot Bots. That's true. Like that is my that is beer can answer. has fiction, I guess. If you read the the what it's made of, you know. Nope. <laughs> okay. Thing. Okay. So okay, let me rephrase it. Okay, so, no Bot Bots then. So it sounds like so you guys said Cybertron is isn't a deal breaker. But we have, I, I, we have I guess, I guess pretty much me, established Cybertron, it's in everything. Cybertron is at this point one of the touchstones of what makes Transformers. I, mean, I, th- where would I, they I think have it come is. from if it wasn't for Cybertron, you know, like that's their that's their home. Um, so I guess well, that's, that again could have like that Earth Spark show that, but we don't know. I mean, I'm assuming Cybertron will still be, you know, at least something will be said about Cybertron in the show, I'm assuming. Well, I think inherently the the the, the press release kind of explains there you, there is a Cybertron because these ones are different. They are not yeah, the from first Cybertron. one's born on Earth, so i.e. the other ones were born on Cybertron. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so we're getting somewhere here though. So okay, Cybertron to me sounds like it's pretty ubiquitous, but it's it also sounds like we're we're getting into the meat of it here. They're a, they are born, they're aliens from another planet. So is that a requirement for Transformers? Yes. Yeah. So they couldn't, they couldn't have a different origin, say a human-based origin. Like, 
I've, I've always wondered if, like, Transformers could flip the script and be like, they, there is no Cybertron, but some scientist creates AI that is a robot, like a, ro- a sentient robot, and suddenly, like, that's how, like, that is the moment where now there's these robots on Earth. And they're human so, origin. So Terminator. Well, but they have their personalities and stuff. It's more like Johnny Five, I would say. You know, like, you know, but they transform somehow. It's yeah. a good idea, but I don't think that's Transformers to me. But what because if it? What if? What if the first one is Optimus Prime? Like, and that's and he's. I think you know, he's part like, of it is the whole aliens come to Earth and they have that whole fish out of water bit of story. That's important to me. I don't know if the fish out of the water thing is important because it's like. There's a lot of Transformers who are like, hey, we're on Earth. Like, cool. I like jazz music. In fact, that's my name, even though I, you know, lived millions of years before it was created. Okay, so that's another thing. How about the age thing? Why do why is there all why is there always gonna be millions of years have passed? Why can't it just be like, oh, it's been about 40 years? That added some gravitas to it all. Yeah, that's weird. I've never gotten that either. Like, it means that it's been going on forever. But I feel like if your war has been going on for millions of years and you haven't figured out how to solve it or eliminate each other, you're doing a very bad job. Well, in my fictitious origin here, you know, that would alleviate the millions of years problem because it would be, hey, the one day there was no sentient robot and now there is one and he wants to be a truck. And, oh, he's red and blue and, oh, oh more okay sentient robots. And how have they not ran out of resources at this point? Like, That's you know, I would think worrying for millions of years that, you know, there'd be a bigger body count and, uh, you know, more, few, fewer resources. Micromasters, the comic, explores that. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, and IDW got into that, you know, as well, that they went out to other planets to get more resources and all that sort of thing. And they were, you know, mass manufacturing, basically, like, you know, red shirts to go out and die. So here's the next one. Autobots and Decepticons. Two factions. You don't have specifically to name named that. You don't have to name them Autobots and Decepticons. Beast Wars proved that, but you need to have good guys and bad guys. Yep. Well, hmm. depends on the story you're telling. But probably. Can the good guys be purple? Sure. Eh, that goes against what, what's been ingrained in our brains against about what a good guy is supposed to look like color scheme-wise. Good guys are primary colors because that was cheapest for them to print back in the day. You didn't have to mix colors to get blue, red, or yellow. Mm. And so the villains who didn't show up every single time were the inverse colors, the, the purples and the greens, because... Um, those colors were more expensive to make. You're talking about the paint for the cells? Yes. Or you... No, not the cells. I'm, I'm talking about like going back to the archetypes the toys? of what superheroes look like from comic books. Oh. No, this is this is going back to like Superman, Batman, you know, that era where, where we got what we think of as, as an archetype for a hero and villain. Because it, it, it goes back to that day and age where it was literally like, it is cheap to use blue and red and yellow, and it is more expensive to use purple, green, and orange. Therefore, the good guys who are going to show up all the time are going to be uh, some variation of, of likely blue and red and yellow. Didn't, uh, um, you know, 
this is an interesting concept, but I'm pretty sure that they only printed in black, yellow, magenta, and cyan and mixed them to make those secondary colors because that's how the color wheel works. So from a cost savings perspective, the only thing I'm questioning is your cost savings perspective. But I do agree that the primary colors are the most... There's a reason they're primary and secondary colors. You know, you might yeah. as well make the, the 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 primary characters the primary colors. Right, and again, because that was also like from what I've read about the history of comic books, that is that is why one of the main reasons why Superman is red and blue. Yeah, I believe it. I've never considered that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that, I don't know if that was the same that held true once we got to the the Marvel launch of stuff in the '60s. But, you know, at, at this point, it is thoroughly ingrained in our collective consciousness as Americans. A, a hero is going to be red, blue, or yellow. Pretty, pretty true. That's why I've always found it strange that, like, that Starscream is red, blue, and white, red, and blue. Whereas Optimus Prime is, too. But, like, he's somehow he's the bad guy, even though he, like, looks kind of like a good guy in his Yeah, uh, he's got depiction. more of the gray. Those are, those are the accent colors. Yeah. Yeah, they've grayed him up over the yeah. Uh, so let's see. Let me let me come up with another one. So we, sentient. I think I, know, I mean this one is. I think this is the core of Transformers, but sentient robots. Yeah, have yeah. to have that. Right, have to have that. Yeah, drones don't work. Like they yeah, are a different thing than a Transformer. It's Gundams. Yeah. That's why in Transformers there are drones. And they are yeah. like distinct from, you know, like like Shockwave has all these drones on Cybertron, and we don't care about the drones other than that they're army builders or something. So, yeah. Uh, any any other? Do you guys got any question? You know, like debates? I, I, on... I think at this point you have to have an Optimus Prime character. Yeah, you've got to have some sort of like father hero type guy or some some sort of parent who is like wise and can tell you how to do things the role model that archetype yeah and and, and you have to have a a a young bumblebee hotshot bumblebee hotshot exactly yeah you you Um, have to see the like see the world through the eyes of that younger yes And, and i would probably go as far to say at this point that's been pretty darn solidified that that character is bumblebee Oh, here's here's one. Um, oh God, I already forgot it. <laughs> nice. Oh, I have a question. Lord. Is it more important to have Bumblebee uh, in it or Optimus Prime? Does it have to That's be those characters? Or are you talking about those roles? No, I'm saying those specific characters. Like, would um, like if they had to cut one. Do you think that they'd be more likely to cut Optimus Prime at this point or Bumblebee at this point? Well, they tried that. They tried that with with the robots in disguise, but then they brought Optimus Prime right up. And, and, the, Bumblebee. and the Bumblebee movie and the Cyberverse cartoon started with focusing on Bumblebee. Yep. Um, I, I would say it's a coin toss. I think. I, I think, think no matter could... what you do, you're going to have. If if. if Optimus Prime is not one of the central characters, then he will pop up. If Bumblebee is not one of the central characters, then he will show up at some point. 
I think you could get rid of Optimus Prime, the character, but I don't think you could get rid of Bumblebee, the role. I think that has to be there every time. Yeah, you got to have a main character that, like, a relatable main character, whether they're human or not. I think that might be why Robots in Disguise 1 doesn't have as much staying power as the rest of them, because there is no main character like that. I mean, Bumblebee was the the young hero who's now trying to be the leader, and and I think that's why you had no, not, that's Robots in Disguise two. I'm talking about Robots oh, Disguise oh, one. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. He's talking about Car Robots, bro. Yeah, Car Transformers two thousand. Yep. It was never its title <laughs> for the for the real ones. For the no, evangelists like, out who, there, that, who's your that, who's that, supposed that to be your main dude for that? Like, Sideburn is vaguely positioned to be that, yeah, but like Sideburn, not really. Yeah. Koji oh, is right. there, like, half the time. So, like, who who's your dude in that? There is no there's no one to be that that dude. I think that's part of the reason there's no state power. The other part is licensing and rights issues, but we won't get into that part. No, but the, you're right. From from almost all the Transformers media, that is one that the, the storyline... I, I barely can remember what the storyline is, and I'm sure most fans... Even the ones who do remember it, like Peter, aren't, aren't looking at it saying, like, yeah, that was some good storytelling. It was like, no, these were you know, cool toys, neat-looking character designs. But beyond that, it was, you know, it was originally you know, made for a Japanese audience. And, yeah, everything else was it's sort of secondary. It's good serial storytelling, but, yeah, it's different than anything else. Yeah. I, I remembered my other one that I forgot twice. Oh, I forgot it again. Just kidding. Do they have to be? Do they have to be hiding? Do they have to be in disguise? Is that no. a requirement? I don't think so. I wouldn't say so. Probably not. Although I prefer it when they are. The thing I, I would agree with you guys on that because most stories use the in disguise part as a lead in to start the story in the same methodology, which is they, which also requires a few things that there is a reason to be hiding, which means there's other like races, you know, like you're on a planet where you don't want them to know you're there as this robot that can transform or, and it also begets the war. But then if you don't have to be in disguise, why do you transform? (laughs) So that is kind of a tough one. Uh, But, but I would agree that, you don't need it, and that any Transformer story, like after it gets in the swing of things, it's a secondary, it's a secondary aspect of the storytelling. Even like more than meets the eye, comic. You're like everyone. The big joke about it is that they never transform, right? Because it's, it's a character you know, what, story. What they need to, they're not in disguise. They're right. They're among each other. So who cares? My, one of my I, favorite I, things in that story is the transforming party when they're trying to get Rung to transform. <laughs> That's yes. just like so funny. It's like, yeah, we don't need to do this, but we're doing it. It's weird. Okay, sorry, Phil. No, I mean, to me, trans the, the robots in the skies tagline was a marketing thing. It wasn't even part of the G one story for the most part. Um, you know, they're they're running into like you know power stations and and you know the the disguise stuff would come into play here and there. The Decepticons would sneak in somewhere with Soundwave usually. Um, and, it was and, subtle. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was not like. 
the, the Autobots weren't trying to hide their, you know, the fact that they existed on planet Earth. Like they were, That's they true. were out there, like trying to, like, oh, the Decepticons are attacking. We're going to be in the middle of this city shooting at each other with lasers. Then you get Hoist Goes Hollywood, where they're cast in a major movie. So, like, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's kind of thing. Everyone knows. It's kind of funny how in G1, like, everyone's just like, cool, alien robots hanging out all the time. But, like, yeah. they, in, in the, you know, the Bayformers, like, that was an aspect of the story they really harped on. In, yeah. in, in progressively worse and worse ways as the story went on. But it kind of started out in the right place with, like, Sector 7 and, like, this underlying, like, secret of the universe that's been going on, on Earth. That was, you know, yeah. their head was in the right place. The Fallen took them public, so... Yeah, that, yeah. I, when that happened, it's like, oh no! But then you had like Cemetery Wind showing up. That was horrible. <laughs> I think yeah. the best balance of that was in Dark of the Moon, but I think that was the best of the live actions anyway. I haven't seen the movies enough time to remember all the story details. Right. <laughs> this is why we have Christian here. Well, I guess most of the things we've highlighted, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just trying to put a cap on my thing I was trying to illustrate, was that the, the origin of the Transformers is alien. We've, we've, I think we've agreed on that. We've agreed upon sentient robots. We've agreed upon character, some, not, this, this is a big discussion, but the character archetypes, some of them have to, some of them have to remain. And I would say all this stuff is still like the core G1 mythos, no matter how you slice it. And you can't, if these things are required to be Transformers, like, then what, what is G1 that other things aren't? Do you, do you have an answer to that? Can you define some of those things? Are they purely aesthetic? Are they purely like 80s reasons? So here's here's my question. If everything is truly G1, then why do we all fight about it? You know, about it being too G1 or not G1 enough or just, you know, whatever it may be. I think that's it, just uh, aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. It's because I, peop, everyone picks and chooses aspects beyond what, the, the core things we just mentioned mm -hmm. that matter to them personally and think it should matter to everybody. And then that's, you know, it's basically like, I think this, and you don't, I hate you. Sky cake. That's why we all get in fights. I, I think, you know, you're, you're right on that, Paul, but I also think there is just this, this sense of what we've gotten a lot in the recent, you know, going on, what, 10 years now, where the mainline toy line has been almost slavish to the G1 character base and aesthetic. And so that, when, when someone says it's 2G1, I think it is a, an aesthetic sort of commentary more than a, a this is too much like the basic storyline. And, and we really, really saw that with the Netflix shows and then and the toy lines associated with the Netflix shows. But yeah, I mean, but I would argue yes. that they really do need a somewhat unified aesthetic so that, you know, you don't get confusion with the brand of who's, you know, 
Starscream or just whoever it may I be. I think that's what they're doing now. Yeah, I think you're right. And with the legacy stuff from what we've seen on packaging, you know, Bulkhead and RC are listed as you know, Prime Universe RC or Prime Universe Bulkhead or whatever. whatever how are they, they're notated separately so that you're not getting like RC and RC and RC and RC confused because they're different characters, but they're similar characters. But they could all appear in Legacy in that kind of unified style. I'm okay with them all existing together because they are kind of all together with the exception of live action movie stuff. They're, I think, the biggest departure aesthetically. Yeah, and, and I, I was definitely one of those fans when I first saw the Starscream designs for the Transformers movie. I was just like, what to what? No, that, that ain't Starscream. That and was, that was a painful day the first time I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember I where I was. <laughs> I think I was in my office at work. When I first saw it on my on a computer. Um, well, and, and, you know, to add to that, like with the Bumblebee movie, where, you know, we saw the stills of, of Blitzwing. And, you know, you're all excited because you're like, oh, it's Starscream. You're like, wait, no, it's not Starscream, it's Bloodswing. So yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, the the Bane movies were the biggest departure of how characters looked. Even you know, you had some secondary characters like in the Unicron trilogy, like Ironhide did not look like Ironhide, um, you know, that we had seen before. That's like um, a distinctive dude. Like that's a yeah. different, different character. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, what, what we've seen since then is Hasbro realizing that there are beyond just character arc, archetypes, there are visual archetypes that, that need to be somewhat followed upon, you know, especially for the main characters of Optimus, Megatron, Bumblebee, and and maybe Starscream in that now. Uh, I mean, that is the easy route to go. But if you if if that was like the only way to go, then we'd never have gotten animated Prowl. Again, that's a secondary character. That's not a main character. And I think once you get away from the big three or four, you can you can take more liberties. An animated Prowl is definitely the exception more than the rule. It may even be the exception that proves the rule. To, to me, to me, the one that stands out the most, again, it's going back to the movies, is, is Grimlock. Because Grimlock's been universal, not just from his appearance, but transformation even, until you know we, we really got the, well, I mean, you've got the, the R.I.D. Grimlock, who's a you know, construction vehicle. Um, but but the, the, um, the Baver's Grimlock is, is distinctly different. Obviously, he's still a T-Rex, but the robot appearance is, is drastically different. Yeah, Transformers really the the films really suffer from like oh just two years too early. Like if they would have come out after Marvel went crazy and did everything right, they would have realized oh oh everything that was done before we we can still use that. Like we don't need to. We don't need to, like, laugh at it like it's a joke. Like, the X-Men movies are like, oh, what, should I wear yellow spandex? <laughs> you know, like, 
just basically shitting on everything that came before that made it popular because they just yeah. thought they had to, you know, because because that you know it's just the age gap was too wide there from the producers to the people the target audience. We just missed it. We skirted by just a little too early. Yeah, no, and Bay had his Bay and and like Buenatera and Don Murphy. They just they had their claws stuck in the franchise, and it was theirs. And they, you know, they were still in that old school Hollywood mentality of like you know the first Daredevil movie, the the Tim Burton Batman. You know, like we can read we can reestheticize this. And make it for a new audience, and tell everyone that liked it before to fuck off. And that is great. And they will take our advice, like right. In, you know, that was the moment before they found out that was wrong, and they do- they kept doubling down on it, and it sucked. And now we're in an era where they're kind of like retconning it a little bit, which is the the it's still the same continuity. That's the best I'll give you is that they're retconning it back to G one yeah, the way it the way it should have been. It. Yeah, I don't know. We're we're still in limbo with what Rise of the Beast will be and look like. Um, oh, we so... are. We are, we just got a taste of what that shit's gonna look like the other day. Oh, with the Optimus <laughs> did, Prime. Did you yeah. have like a Mirage that looks like Jazz or something? Wasn't that that Rise of the Beast? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mirage yeah. has Jazz as alt mode. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Jazz so... is dead in the movie continuity. Well, in Mirage. Well, Luckily, Dino was Dino and not Mirage, like he was originally supposed to be. Yes, so they can was... somewhat get away with this if you pretend the comics didn't exist. And interestingly enough, the studio series was Dino; it was not Mirage. So I guess they're they're going to differentiate those characters. Well, if you remember, Devastator and uh, Brawl were the same dude as well. So yes, I think Devastator was like leftover. He was always Brawl, just whatever. But. I just remember Michael Bay saying he was going to change that. And then he did. <laughs> of course he wasn't. Got... Film, film was already cut at that point. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was a weird thing. It's like, oh, thanks, bro. think we're that stupid. Some of us. Uh, <laughs> at least Cats had the decency to go back and uh, redo that animation. So it sounds like overall the answer to the question is is no, we're not going to move past G1, which was, you know, kind of obvious from the beginning, but... No, yeah, we're never going to move it'll past across the core everything. tenets of what this franchise is. Right. Until people, like, vote with their wallets that they don't like it anymore, which, like, why would they? Right. It's like, oh, I love cake, and today I decided I hate cake, so I want to eat peanuts instead forever like that's just not the way humans work well it's not the way hollywood works either with you know just how they do it with all these billion dollar franchises they're not going to throw it all out the window so and i think that's where i'm kind of excited about what might be coming next from the comic books i feel like the comic books are the place where you can try out these new ideas and and you know that's same to be said with what's gone on with marvel you know, the comic books, you can do all these wild and crazy things because you don't have as big of an audience. Um, and, and if it sticks, well, then cool. We can, you know, we can bring this into the movie fold. You know, we can put this on primetime. You know, that that's what happened with Miles Morales. You know, he's worked in the comics, and so he'll work in the movies. Um, you know, not everything worked in, in the comics. And so we, we've never seen, and 
Israel Batman in the movies. We've seen him in other media, but but nothing to that extent. So, but they are working on a Batman Beyond movie because that stuck with a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. So so it's it's one of those things though that you know the the comic books tend to be more of the experimental lab. Um, yeah, the because, test kitchen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you. The test kitchen for for story ideas and, and different things, and it's I think that's best. one of the reasons. I, I think that's why RID, you know, and in more than meets the eye, were fun for a lot of folks because that was a test kitchen that worked really well. I think you also get the best pieces of non-specifically G one things that get assimilated into the overall Transformers narrative. Like, Minicons are now part of it almost all the time. Bulkhead is a good example of a new character that got assimilated, Drift and Windblade 2. You know, we, we pick these pieces out from that weren't originally part of the core, and you add them in, and it makes the franchise overall just better for it. Yeah. But, and, and since all those core essentials that we talked about are a piece of all these stories, it's really easy to assimilate Yep. them them retroactively in that's why like it's it's really cool to see lockdown in the bayverse you know even though it came from animated first and he's completely yep. different and he's like that that was like groundbreaking for me when that was, he became the main villain holy shit i mean even the fallen like that was sort of a idw that's a, that's a dreamwave thing yeah, yeah a dreamwave wave. thing wow, oh God, i forgot heck. about that yeah and they, and they totally like said fuck what came before well we're not even we might put some flames on him and make him black and orange, but that's about it. Other than that, he's an alien, you know, like totally, totally wild. But I would love to see them change some of these, like the next time they do a story, if they really want us to have a different universe, but like all the, like cut out or modify one of these core tenants that we are talking about. And it's a little harder to assimilate things back in. Like if Cybertron doesn't exist, and say they are created on Earth for some reason. Sure, you can have the same character with a different upbringing or a different origin, but it's kind of hard to like throw that back into a, into a world where they're from Cybertron if that is part of his character. And maybe his relationship with the creator is what defines that, that version of the the character's story. You know, I, I don't know. I guess that would be a new universe, and that would not be G one, and it would be a lot easier to say like. This is something completely different. And I would say that's maybe why we haven't seen as much of the rescue bots integrated into other versions of, of the Transformers universe, because it was so far removed from what we had seen. And, and obviously that being a, a more kid friendly audience and that still being recent. But but I do think, and Paul, you and I have talked about this, that, you know, 10, 15 years from now, we might be getting masterpiece, you know, rescue bot toys. Um, because that's what the nostalgia, you know, hit's going to be aching for. Um, yeah, you know, or like Optimus Prime dies in the comic book, and then and it's a big deal because Heatwave is now the leader or something. Yeah, you know, like some crazy I mean, stuff like I, that. I do think that you could probably take the rescue bots, like this new Earthspark show. I think that you could see them integrated into that. I mean. I don't know that you could integrate them into a story with Cybertron uh, necessarily, but. Um, an Earth-based show, I could, I could see it somehow. Transformers is tough. I would not want to write a Transformers story that other people had to read. <laughs> I'll keep that in my little diary. 
that doesn't exist. Well, share you... your Transformers fan fiction there, Paul. I've done. What, what do you think I've been doing all night? <laughs> it's as close as I'm ever going to get. I don't. I don't actually write. I do not write fan fiction. Head cannon is the devil. Real cannon. That's where it's at. I prefer someone else to tell my stories to me. (laughs) Don't have time for that. Yeah. I like to drink from water fountains, sir. Well, we spent a while uh, exploring this uh, topic here. Is there any other points that we want to add before we kind of wrap up for the night here? I mean, I think coming back to what you said, Christian, like, you know, I'm sorry, Christian, Lucas, um, is that, yeah, we, we will, you know, as you said, Duran suggested this and I didn't want to do the topic at first because I thought it was very morbid, um, where it was like this idea, what happens when we all die? Cause, cause you know, the, the Unicron trilogy came out 20 years ago and 20 years from now we'll be in our sixties and we'll be dying off by then. I'm like, ah, stop it. Um, so, but, but yeah, like. There's there's plenty of things that have outlived the original fan bases and and whether it's Mickey Mouse or the Tolkien books or uh, you know you, you name it Shakespeare um you know I'm not saying Transformers is Shakespeare but there are plenty of things that have outlived its its original fan base and and I think we're living in an age right now where that is even more likely than ever yeah, I agree. And I think that these core, again, the core tenets of Transformers will probably stay stay very similar for for the duration of that. No. Enos, I like Enos' question. Like, is the transforming noise one of the core tenets of Transformers? Like, that kind of is in my mind. I, I don't think so. I think that really is dated. I think, like especially yeah. when when they throw that in the movies, I'm always like, like, oh, that's cool, but they do it like every movie, and I'm like, that's not very cool anymore. Like, I <laughs> actually prefer yeah. the weird swishy like, like upswell sounds that they do in the movies. Like for yeah. the cartoons, it's great to have them go, you know, like, but like um, when you're trying to be realistic, like that sound makes no sense. <laughs> I know. I just made that noise so many times as a kid. <laughs> It's definitely iconic. I'll give you that. I, yeah. just, I don't think it's it's a requirement. I think no. I think maybe some uh, maybe a new unique transforming sound might be you know on the table. Like I don't think that they've really made a point to do that since. If the, if there is a way to improve upon it or make it distinct, that might be neat. Can we have a Transformers movie without a Lincoln Park song? We yes. unfortunately have had several, okay. and it made them worse. Imagine Dragons. Was like oh. the core, the oh, core band. I don't want to imagine dragons. No, thank you. No, that movie yeah, was terrible. My, my kids yep. uh, gonna give you a hard time there, Christian, if you're talking smack on Imagine Dragons. The Good. funniest part was the next movie had the dragons in it. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> That's right. Imagine dragons. And Michael Bay did. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Um, I mentioned that uh, the book club this week is going to be Transformer Salvation. Uh, so join them Sunday night at 
9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central on the TF Talk Discord uh, to discuss it. Um, and then thank you to everyone in the chat tonight. Thanks to Ron. Thanks to Zaldron. Thanks to Enots. Thanks to Daniel. Thanks to uh, had a few other guys. JJ Prime Reviews. Um, and thanks to Aaron Archer as well that stopped in earlier. So, but, uh, but yeah. Well, um, thank you guys. And we will see you next week. And also on Thursday for microcasters. Oh, and th yeah, Thursday microcasters as well. New and improved microcasters. There you go. We might be going back to the old format for the week, so we'll, we'll see. We're, we're, trying to <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another TFYLP. Ha <laughs> ha!